You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. We're here to help you rob the pension bank. It's your host, coming to you from Colorado, Patrick Rice. Welcome back to this episode of the Blue Family Tree. Just like she said, our goal here is to keep you alive well into retirement. Take that pension bank for every last cent you can, and in order to do so, we give you a few things to think about that will help keep you alive and get you home safe at the end of every shift. Let's talk a little bit about family. What does it mean to be a part of a family? Think about your own family unit, your blood family, the family you live with, your kids, your husband or wife, Whatever your makeup is in today's world, we have a lot of different family makeups. Whatever that is for you, let's think about that for a minute. Let's talk about, say, Christmas time. Christmas doesn't just happen. I mean, I guess it does. It could come and go and you could do nothing about it. And I guess that's acceptable. But in order to have a good family Christmas, it takes some work. Maybe you have to invite the in-laws that you don't want to see over to your house. Maybe you got to make up a guest bedroom. Think about going on a vacation in the summertime, the work that that's going to take and the pre-planning and the efforts, maybe helping kids with their homework during the school year. All these things take time and effort. You can't be a good, effective family just because you're blood with each other, just because you give birth to somebody or were given birth by someone might make you, by definition, family, but it doesn't make you a family. It's the extra work. It's the effort. It's the good times and the bad times all together. You can't have the good without the bad. It's all got to come together. And in hindsight, when you look back years later, sometimes those bad times are the best times. Sometimes we look back on a traumatic event or something terrible that happened within our family that we withered through and weathered through and survived, and it made us bigger, better, and stronger. But it took work. We could have walked away could have walked away and left our family and found a new family or whatever that might look like in whatever situation you have thinking about in your head right now. But I think we can all acknowledge that it takes work to make a family successful. So why would we think that the blue family would be any different? If anything, it's going to take even more work because we're not connected by blood. We're only connected by our jobs and our passion for our communities and for what we do. That's a close enough connection to keep us most validated as a family, for sure. There's no question that we're part of the biggest family on earth. The blue family spread across sea to shining sea here in America, and you could even take it across the globe. But we'll focus here locally, locally being from sea to sea, to include, of course, our friends in Hawaii and Alaska. Puerto Rico. They're all part of our immediate family. And we got cousins, second cousins, and cousins once removed, and whatever other fun kind of family member you want to think of in Australia and Europe and Asia and wherever. But all that takes work. You don't just have a family just because they're like people. You have a family because you take work and effort and you you celebrate the good times and you work through the bad times and you do it together and you struggle together and you make the best of it. And then you look back and you say that wasn't so bad. We survived it together. But if you have to survive it alone, it makes it a lot harder. 
It takes effort, like we've talked about. You have to stick together. You have to put out some effort more than just a like on Facebook, more than uh, even a share. Take a step forward and put some effort into it and make your family a priority. You make your blood family a priority, I know. Now it's time to take that to your blue family and make them a priority as well. And that doesn't have to be full-time, 24 hours a day. You have your blood family, and you got to focus on them. But maybe an hour a day, maybe 10 minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes a month if that's all the time you have. But do something within your blue family, either your local organization where you work, uh, at your sheriff's office or police department or wherever you are, or on a national level, find some way to contribute. It could be as simple as giving here to the Blue Family Tree for Families of Fallen Peace Officers, or it could be volunteering your time with another organization, uh, one of the many partner organizations that you can find on our website. But do something to be a part of the Blue Family that's bigger than just your local self. I'm telling you, family, being a part of something bigger than you is really what drove the Blue Family Tree to existence. There should be a drive in everybody to contribute and to be a part of something that's bigger and greater than them. And then when you look back years down the road, you can say to yourself, I was a part of something amazing. I was a part of that. I contributed and I made a difference. I made an impact on my family. I could tell you as somebody who's been involved with many families of fallen peace officers that those families are precious to law enforcement. They, like us, the working police officer, are somewhat secluded from the rest of the country. They have some friends outside of law enforcement. Perhaps there's a working spouse in the family who's not in law enforcement and they have some connections somewhere else. But they also have the twisted, deranged brains that we have because they live our lives. They live next to us. They hear our stories, or at least they should. If you listen to us for any time at all, you know that my stance is don't shut your families out. They want to be a part of your career. That's why your spouse married you. Your children are fascinated by what you do because you're their parent. So don't shut them out. They don't need to have all the blood and gore details necessarily, but they want some of them and they want to kind of be in the know. If for no other reason than to understand why maybe you disappear in the grocery store when you see somebody who you've arrested and you don't want to be standing by your family. We've all been there, I'm sure. Well, maybe not some of you who are in bigger agencies where you don't live near your communities, but that's a real thing for many of us. And your family needs to understand why that might happen. And in order to do that, you have to share something with them. So even if on the most minimalist level, that's all you're sharing with them is why that might happen. That right there makes your family unique. Other children do not grow up with that reality. That's your children's reality. That's my children's reality. That's our family trees, blue family trees, children's reality. And that makes them different and unique from others. And then just compound and compound and compound on that as you think about all the other ways that a cop kid is unique or a cop spouse is unique. And think about how you sometimes feel divided when you go to a dinner party 
and you're the only cop in the room. And think about how when you walk in the room, everybody there already knows you're a cop, even though it's the first time you met many of them. Because the host or hostess set you up for that. Oh, I got my cop friend coming. His name's Patrick Rice. He's a great guy. And then everybody comes over and they start talking to you. And the first thing they want to do is tell you a cop story or ask you a legal question. And we humor them and we play along. And for the most part, we're okay with it. But it can get old and it can get annoying. And unless you're a cop or a member of a cop's family, you don't understand that. You don't have that appreciation for that. Now, I'm here to tell you, family, and, and all the listeners to, the, to this podcast, if you are not a law enforcement officer, don't change what you're doing because of what I just said. Don't feel embarrassed or humiliated that you've done that in the past and you're recognizing it now. We really don't mind, but it is a unique piece to being a law enforcement officer that other people don't get. So that, again, is something that makes your family unique. Now, if, if they're as unique as you, and now you have been killed in the line of duty, who or what is their connection to the police department? Just imagine if you were gone tomorrow. Is there going to be a connection for them? I know you could probably see in the immediate future the the process of doing the funeral and taking care of some of the immediate things like maybe, you know, lawn work and housework and stuff for a few months. But do you see that continuing? Maybe with one friend or two friends if you're really lucky at your agency, but let's be honest, think about uh look look in the history. Look, look backwards. If you think that that department is going to be there for your family, for your husband or wife and your kids uh, forever, why don't you just take a look backwards in your agency at people who have been killed in the line of duty and how their families are doing. Or if your agency doesn't have that, look at a neighboring agency. But look around and tell me, are those families as involved and as close to their agencies as they were before their officer died? I can almost guarantee you the answer is no. Some agencies make a real outward effort. I know that my agency does make a real outward effort, but that turns into even still Christmas cards and birthday cards and maybe a celebration of life once a year, which is awesome. That's amazing, but it's not the same. And so they have been ripped away from everything that they know and everything that they cherish and value in their own lives and left holding the pieces after you're gone. So this is an opportunity for a a person in law enforcement to step up and take care of each other. Now, of course, I want to see that happen through the Blue Family Tree and give a great gift across the country from law enforcement officers and law enforcement supporters to those families. But I'm also tasking you with this. Find a way, if you know these people yourselves, if you actually are friends with a fallen officer, find a way to dedicate time in your life and not once a year or once every six months. Once a month would be amazing. Even more frequent would be over the top. But find a way to stay connected and keep those people involved. Don't let them fall to the wayside. Make them as important as the fallen officer was when they were still around. Just because they have passed doesn't mean that the family needs to fall away. Because if you look inside your red blood family, if your uncle passed away, your aunt would still be a tight daily member of that family. 
and it needs to remain the same for these people. So consider when you're talking about family and how we have this blue family and the biggest family across the earth and we support each other and we're always there for each other and we hit like and maybe we hit a share. Consider, are you doing what a family would be doing all the times that a family would be doing it? Because that's the kind of family and family environment that we really need to create. We can't just say we're family and make it so. We have to put out the effort. You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. I'd like to welcome to the show my friend, Jason Gould. Jason is the Executive Director and Vice President of Caps for Cops. Caps for Cops is a national nonprofit whose mission is to bridge the gap between citizens and law enforcement. They do this by creating an avenue for citizens to raise money through recycling and contribute to a gift for a deserved police family. But perhaps the biggest place to have a global impact on their mission is through Jason's social media platforms. Jason is a social media giant amongst law enforcement pages. You may know him as Farva VT. Aside from running Caps for Cops from the top right corner of our nation, Jason is currently the Deputy Director of Vermont's State Court Security, and he works for four, count them, four local law enforcement agencies, you know, to pass the time. Jason has a rich family background in law enforcement, which I will allow him to share, and he's been a trainer in police suicide prevention as well. Starting out in 2003 as a dispatcher and landing today as the Deputy Director of Vermont State Court Security, Jason has had quite a law enforcement journey, and we are honored to have him here today to share a little bit of that with us. Jason, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. So far today, what we've been talking about is what the word family means, because we hear that thrown around a lot, particularly in social media. Uh, people say that they're, they're, they're going to support their blue family, uh, but then we often find that Supporting a family and being part of a family takes a little more effort than just saying we're family. So that's kind of what you're coming into today. Uh, I understand. Let's start off first talking about a little bit about Caps for Cops and just tell me what where that program came from and uh, where it's going now. All right. Well, so Caps for Cops started off, um, I want to say right around the beginning of like 2019. It started off by the Josh Ingram down over in Texas. His brother um, was a drummer in a band. He showed up at the concert. After the concert was done, there's this huge sea of bottle caps in, in, in the lawn afterwards. And Josh, um, Josh was looking at that and he says, you know, I wonder how much money and in, in that metal is just sitting there, you know, and hence Caps for Cops was kind of born. Um, so he started collecting bottle caps. He went over to like local bars and things like that. And he sent out containers and things and, and they filled them. And he went over there and he picked them up and he was known as the bottle cap kid. Nice. So he started doing that and then, um, you know, it kind of grew a little bit and, um, and then I kind of came on board probably around the end of like 2019, around there. Um, I started collecting bottle caps. And then, you know, I kind of realized that um, it takes an awful lot of bottle caps to get any kind of money. Yeah, I would imagine so. You know, it's awful lot of bottle caps. And I was sitting there in my yard, you know, because you know, we have a lot of snow here in Vermont. And uh, as I was watching the snow melt, I saw I had a barbecue grill that was kind of rusted and I need to get rid of 
in a lawnmower that I needed to get rid of. And I would have to pay to get rid of all these items. And it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, you know, if we're recycling bottle caps and getting money, how about if I recycle the lawnmower and the barbecue grill too? Sure. And then I was like, well, wouldn't it be great if I had an outlet where the whole community could just show up at and just drop off all of this crap and get rid of it and we could help out the community. And that's what we did. And we had three huge roll off containers in Barrie, Vermont. And we had one day and we filled them completely people just drove in and just dumped That's off amazing. all their stuff and you know in we filled them and then what we did was recycle the money and anything that we used in Vermont we we kept it in the state so the first year the we we took the money and we um we actually had call for backup come to Vermont mm-hmm. and um you know, teach our law enforcement and our first responders suicide awareness and prevention. So it was pretty neat, you know, and then we started doing that in the spring and the fall and the spring and the fall, spring and the fall. Um, So you're keeping your community clean too. Well, it's great because, you know, I mean, and and the thing is, is that um, these people would have to pay to get rid of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is like most of the stuff that people would just pitch over a bank somewhere. You know, you're you're talking like tire rims and old air conditioners and just broken down, you know, uh, farm equipment. And one guy bought a house and there's a huge pile of scrap metal in his backyard with just like grass grown over it. He actually came in with like a u-haul filled with this stuff that's amazing people just drive in we help unload it and we get them out of there and they're always like hey what do we owe you and we're like nothing we just want your garbage we don't want any money we just want your garbage well you're always welcome to make a cash donation right well, you know, we try not to because, you know, that's what we want. You know, we're, we're kind of like, you know, we were looking for something like kind of like what is the Caps for Cops mascot? So we were like, you know, our mascot would be like a raccoon because we paw through garbage and we, <laughs> and we get our stuff. So that's kind of like our it's kind of like our mascot. I like it. I like it. And you can't <laughs> change it to lawnmowers for cops, even though lawnmowers weigh more than a cap. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, you got to stick we, with your origins. The Caps is a nice yeah, touch. Yeah. So so we we keep that and you know, we still like I, I round up I round up um, I round up caps up here and and whatnot and Brian well what I like about the bottle cap concept even though you say it's it takes a ton to make any money and I, and I get that but the idea is that every little bit counts and every little bit helps and even a bottle cap can make a difference so you know contributing in any way possible and that's kind of the same with the blue family tree we look for small donations from a ton of people rather than a great big donation from one or two you know we, we we're not ever going to lose that concept of you know like where we started from because it, it it's still it stills neat you know mm-hmm. it, it's it it's the the smallest of things can turn the tide yes absolutely and, and we still have the same mission as, you know, ending the divide between citizens and police. You know, and that's just what we do. The, like the, one of the last scrap drives that we had, we purchased two. Um, they're like $500 each and they're like canine cruiser fans that go in the back of the cruisers for, you know, the canine units for the two of the areas in, in the Barrie area in Vermont. Yeah, definitely uh, a sign of success for your for your organization. I love it. You know, and, and it was cool, you know, and, and, and it's always nice to go, listen, you know, you want to talk about defunding the police. We just funded the police with the community's garbage. That's amazing. 
So the reason I'm bringing you in on uh, an episode where we're talking about family and the effort that it takes to be a family, uh, you know, I guess with your blood family, there doesn't technically take any effort. You're born and you're part of that family, but to really be a part of that family and to make the family uh, unit work, you have to think about putting effort in. You have to invite the in-laws over for Christmas. You have to vacuum the living room. You have to save money for a rainy day fund. Uh, you have to change the oil in the car. There's things that families do that uh, take effort. You can't just, to be a successful family and a good family, you can't just uh, be born into it and leave it at that. You have to participate and do mm. more. And so the reason I'm bringing you in on this discussion is because uh, I, I know you from previous discussions that we've had uh, off the air and I know that you love to go to Disneyland. And uh, I remember you telling me an incredible story uh, about uh, basically the Blue family and the effort that it takes. Uh, the stage is yours, Jason, if you want to share with uh, our audience exactly the effort that it takes to make a family work. Well, you know, so here's the thing. Um, I, I'm out there in all these Facebook groups, and, you know, I monitor what's going on and, you know, I post a lot of things and, you know, I met up with some guy and, and he's talking about Disney and, you know, so we hit it off. I'm a huge Disney guy. I love it. Just and, online. Uh, you haven't met this guy. No, I have, have not met this guy in person at all. You know, he's a, he's a trooper over in um, Ohio. He's a deputy or he was a deputy over there as well. And, you know, the thing is, is when you're in this line of duty, you know, and, and they say, oh, the blue family, you know, it, it is a it is a family because the calls that you go on in this state are the, almost the same exact that that I feel and I go through in my emotions in this state. So when I say, dude, I know what it's like. I've been in your shoes. It's 100% spot on. Sure. And that's exactly what it is. So, you know, we had that instant connection. Just A, you know, we're in the blue family. And B, you know, we had that Disney thing. And, you know, so we start talking offline, you know, and instant messaging. And, you know, months, months go by. We're still chit-chatting, chit-chatting. And uh, I'm like, dude, I, I booked my trip down to Disney. He goes, no way, man. I booked mine too. He's like, when are you going? And so I tell him and he's like, damn. He said, man, I'm five months out. You'll be there five months before me. So I said, you know, I said, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, because he has kids and I don't. I, you know, so I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I did something sweet for this dude's kids just to show him? So um, I planned it. And I said, dude, what do you think of this? And he was like, that would be awesome. So what I did is I grabbed one of my challenge coins. And when I went down there five months earlier, I went down there and I videotaped myself where I was at. And I was outside at a location and I scouted around and I looked and I made sure that this was an area not under construction, not that would be whatever. And I placed my challenge coin nice and flat on a high elevated position location way up where I had to climb up on a rock to reach up in the lattice work. And I took a picture and I said, right here. And I gave him the location. So he went down five months later. Now his wife and his kid had no idea what they were walking into. And he just said, dude, a member of my blue family gave me a treasure and we're going on a treasure hunt. That is amazing. So his kid, his kid is like, Oh wow, dad, you know, and knowing that 
they weren't down there. They never went to that park beforehand. So here's dad going to this location to grab something. So the first <laughs> time they went down there on their trip, now they haven't been down at Disney probably like a, a year and a half before that. So he, the first time they walk into the park, they walk into the park, they go directly to this spot, they go up there, he puts his kid on his shoulders where my, I said I was at, he goes up, he reaches up, he grabs it, there's my coin. That's amazing. What a great and so story. He gave me a picture of his kid holding the coin. I and mean, this kid has a smile from ear to ear. And guess what this Maybe kid's some tears name, too. Guess what this kid's name is? This kid's name is Justice. Oh, nice. Is that freaking awesome? Yeah, very, very cool. You know, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's just awesome. I mean, it's, it, it, it took me literally nothing for me to do. And, you know, to make this guy look like a rock star to his kid. Yeah, it, it took you literally nothing except the conscious effort of thinking to do it. And I think that's the piece that we want to focus on for family is, you have to be conscious about it. You can't just uh, make a post or uh, like a post on social media and feel that you've fully contributed. Uh, and, you know, there's a handful of us out there that uh, try and promote and take it to that next level and get people more involved. And that's really the whole point of this particular episode is think about where you can be more involved and how you can uh, actually support that family that you have. Well, I mean, here's another thing too, is, you know, I have a friend of mine, um, well, I, I, I call them a friends, you know, it's a husband and wife. They're both law enforcement officers. Uh, they're over there in like Jersey area. And, um, you know, they reached out to me, you know, I, and, um, you know, I gave them a challenge coin. They gave me coins. We're swapping stuff back and forth. Now it's turning into this wonderful thing of doing a one-up, you know, ha, I got you two coins in a patch. <laughs> Oh, well, that's great. Well, this is awesome. Now, my care package back to you, yeah, I'm going to top that. Now, I'm going to give you like four coins and three patches. <laughs> oh, I see how you are. Now, I'm going to, you know, so now it turns into this wonderful kind of rivalry thing. But, you know, it, and it's 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 all cool. It's yeah. great. It's, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, anytime somebody says, oh, you know, the, the the blue family totally is true because I mean it, it doesn't a dog complaint that turns into an aggravated domestic in one state is mm -hmm. the same exact thing in another state you know I mean it's yeah yeah for sure we we often talk about how you'll never see the same call twice but really we see the same calls over and over and over again with different variances different flavors. But a domestic's a domestic. A dog calls a dog call, at least to the extent that we can relate to each other. We understand the calls that were going on. Uh, I mean, just look at, you know, you could look at a thread on Facebook and see, you know, on the original What's Your 20 or something, you can see uh, very similar comments to what you might hear in your own office. So uh, there's definitely uh, an understanding amongst us, even though every call is a little bit different. So that brings me to another point that I want to talk to you with, Jason. Uh, anytime I have a guest on the show, I like to tie it back to how we can survive and keep our uh, listeners alive for another shift. Uh, we talk about factors that reduce the line of duty death. 
across the country. This has been a particularly horrendous year. I know a lot of it has to do with COVID, but even still, uh, gunfire is up, uh, motor vehicle accidents are up, everything's up right now. So uh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about in your uh, nearly 20 years of law enforcement up there in Vermont, uh, can you think of a, an opportunity or a time that you had where you're, you're alive now because of any of those factors, maybe uh, your training or your equipment or uh, your faith in God or, or whatever might have helped you get through a particular situation up there in Vermont. And we can try and share that with our listeners and promote some of that officer safety. I would definitely say um, one huge thing that, that I cannot stress enough. And um, you know, I, 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 I really, really want to pound this message out there even more this coming year in the following years. And that is we really need to break the stigma of mental health. Because yes, absolutely. That, that is that is just terrible with, you know, it, and, it, and it's bad enough because, you know, the, the minute that you become a police officer, you lose half of your friends because that's what happened to me. You know, I was like this happy go lucky dude. I had all these friends. I became a cop. Next thing you know, they're all gone. I would say closer to 90% for me, to be honest. It's gone. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even friends that that, that were law abiding gone. Right. Well, all my friends were law abiding and they're still all gone. It's a quick fade. It wasn't overnight, but it was over months. Yeah. Just, um, so that takes a toll on you, you know, and then, you know, it, it seems that all of your friends are only cops you know, uh, and then you're living this life under a microscope. And then, you know, they do say that this life is a calling, of course, because we don't do it for the money, you know, Lord knows, because I got out of law enforcement full time and, you know, I'm making more money out of it than I was in it. And mm-hmm. uh, so, um, you know, I mean, I, I stay in it just because I, I have to, I, I want to, it's, it's in your you blood. Know, my, my father was a trooper, you know, he died in 1979 because, you know, he committed suicide. He was one of the first suicides here in Vermont as a, you know, uh, as a first responder. So I kind of see what it's like on that one side, but, you know, we need to start telling people that it's okay to reach out and ask for help. It's okay to not be okay it's okay there's nothing wrong with saying dude i need to talk to somebody you know um they didn't have any of these classes that were out there back then when my dad was a trooper yeah there's no way nobody spoke about it in the 70s yeah and they hardly spoke about it in the early 2000s they they don't even speak about it now because uh, the, the, when I was bringing this call for backup training here to Vermont, I started trying to get funding to get these people here. And everyone was like, oh, you want to bring training here? Great. You know, we already, well, what, what is it? And I started saying, oh, it's a call for backup. Oh, wow, well, that's great. What is it? What is it? I said, well, it's suicide prevention and awareness for the first responder. And it was just like a, a haze went over their face. Yeah, that kind of stuff doesn't happen here. We don't, we don't need that training here. Well, yeah, yeah, we do. That kind of stuff can happen here. Uh, the thing is, is uh, it's um, it's kind of like a junk drawer. You know, when you sit there and you take your everyday stress and, and, and you put it in that 
junk drawer and you don't process it thoroughly. And then the next day you put more stuff in on it. And the next day you throw more stuff. Well, what's going to happen? Well, it's, it's either you can't close the drawer or the bottom's going to bust out of it, hmm. you know? And so you really need to kind of learn how to do that. And, and, and with this call for backup, I can't speak enough about this program because here's the thing I brought, I brought them to Vermont to teach two classes. We taught over 200 first responders. This class is open for, um, police, fire, EMS, dispatch, and corrections. We taught over 200 first responders. I liked the class so much that when they opened up to take um, instructors, I went out. The, the, next, I, the next class, I went out. And well, you sound like the perfect person to be teaching that class uh, with your background. So how old were you when your father passed? Well, you know, I was seven. Yeah. Were they ever able to um, tie it back to a definitive issue or was it the full drawer? You know, they, um, they, they, um, swept it right under the carpet, mm-hmm. you know, and it was 1979 style. Yeah. It was one of those things where no, it doesn't happen here. It's, it was all him. He, you know, um, but now that I, um, became a law enforcement officer and, you know, and I know the struggles and everything like that, uh, I, I know exactly the tide and tribulations and the issues and the, you know, everything going on. It's really uh, an interesting I'm, phenomenon because we lose uh, somewhere around 150 a year to suicide, which in most years pretty much uh, matches the line of duty death. So it's, it's mind boggling to think that we're dying at our own hand at the same rate that we're dying at, at the hand of felons. And uh, I think the part that that's missed is the honor for, for them because uh, instead we shame it. And the truth of the matter is that they have an internal injury uh, from this job that, that happened over sometimes decades and it's difficult for them to manage that internal injury. And this is the final result of that injury. Uh, We, we consider that they did it to themselves. uh, But the truth is that it's um, it's just how the injury uh, manifested itself in the end. It's, 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 it's the result of the job uh, and that needs to be honored in that way. But somehow uh, we, we managed to just pin it back on the person instead of on the, on the illness that came from, from this work. You know, if you could see on ODMP on officer down Memorial page, there's all these different uh, categories of, of cause of death. Uh, Of course, that's not one of them. um, But it very much is the same issue as uh, any of us have, day in and day out is something that happens on duty that creates an injury within us. And we have to learn how to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. And, but you know, everyone, there's this huge stigma that says, Hey, if I, if I even reach out and ask for help that, you know, people are going to think that I'm crazy. And well, and I, no, I know, I'm- I know the problem now, uh, you know, locally here, we, we have a lot of suicide training in Colorado, uh, suicide prevention training, suicide awareness for law enforcement, but the problem is no matter how many of those classes you can go to, and I can attest for myself that uh, you're afraid you're going to lose your gun. You're going to lose your tin. You're going to be, uh, you're right, stigmatized. And honestly, I don't think that that's the case. I think an agency of any decent size that uh, does that is going to have massive legal implications 
uh, turning back on them. So I, I think you're going to keep your, your tin, you're going to keep your gun. You're going to be able to continue to go to work, even that shift uh, if you've asked for help, but it's so difficult for us to grasp that concept that we're actually, we feel like we're being lied to because cops are not trusting people. We tend to be pessimistic and look for uh, the hidden agenda. So uh, I think by the very nature of who we are and what we do, we tend to think this is going to be negative for us if we do come forward, even though uh, it's been told to us time and time again that we won't. So that's why I, I tend to put out that we, uh, my phone number for uh, the Blue Family Tree is on our website. Uh, I know that there's ways you can reach Jason. We try and put out ways that you can reach out to somebody that's nowhere near connected to your agency. Your agency, of course, should have plenty of avenues, but uh, we try and put out ways that you could reach out if you're a California officer to uh, Arkansas, an Arkansas officer or organization or something thousands of miles away so that you can try and feel maybe a little bit more safety net in uh, looking looking for that help. That sound like something that you guys do there, Jason? Yeah, and it's the same thing too with a call for backup. You can you can uh, message them on Facebook. You can message them on Instagram. They they have people there that that can just talk to you if you're having a bad day. If you're having you know you're stressed out, you just need to talk to somebody. You know you need a friendly hand. You know even if you're not in crisis, there's somebody there to just talk to. If you're in crisis too, they'll help you get to that good point you know um, people should be reaching out when they're not in crisis that's when we need to get on top of this is before the crisis and the most difficult part of this is it's uh you know we we talk about in a lot of the suicide prevention and awareness uh here in colorado anyway we talk about uh noticing changes in your coworkers' behaviors uh are they coming late to work are they leaving early are they having trouble at home that's all well and good but really for the most part that first reach out has to be from, from you. You have to, you have to recognize that you need to speak with somebody because it's very, very difficult for your coworkers to pick up on those subtle, uh, the subtle differences in your behavior. Well, that, that's one thing that they teach there too, is they, they teach all the warning signs. It, it, so this class just isn't geared up for, hey, what you feel in yourself, Patrick, you know, well, you're not going to rat yourself out on yourself you know, say, oh, uh, you know, um, but it, it, it's for you to know all the warning signs and like somebody within your department, somebody mm-hmm. like within your circle of friends to go, hey, you know, Johnny over there, he's showing all these classic signs. We need to go, we need to go out there and, get, you know, get him some help. You know, what are the warning signs? You know, hey, you know, I've, I've always been eyeing your, you know, 65 Mustang. Now, all of a sudden you're willing to sell it to me. There's got to be something up with that. Yeah, that's you know, a big one. That's yeah, a big with, one. With with me and my family is uh, the big thing with us is 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 my dad always went hunting. Always went hunting. We did not have time for vacation, but then all of a sudden we went on vacation, and then it was like when we realized there was something wrong, it was too late. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, picking up on some of those things in hindsight, it's very very easy. But picking up on them at the time, uh, we went on vacation. What's wrong here? That's a very difficult uh, um, jump or leap to make to identifying a problem you know but i mean and and that's what they do is you know and and, and having it open for police fire ems dispatch corrections all operating under as one is just it's just huge so what what i plan on doing is is um um our next scrap drive that we're going to have probably in this april 
um, I'm going to try to help fund me going around Vermont teaching call for backup. Yeah, it's a great mission to these departments, you know, trying to help out that way, any way that I can, whether it be, you know, whether it be trying to work with COVID. So whether it be paying for those guys to go take it online, you know, with, with David Edwards out there, call for backup, or if COVID starts to lift, pay me to go down there to their place and, and teach it. What, whatever it takes. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. And also um, I didn't put in my bio is um, I'm on one of the boards for an offshoot of cops, which is called surviving blue suicides. Um, and that's SBS. And what that is, is set up for is to help families of blue suicides, which is a huge support system for all of these families. We never had anything like that when, when, when we went through that. So they have like counselors, they have retreats. So they have all these things set up, Hey, you know, where the, the parents can go to and the kids can go to, and they can go to a retreat somewhere and deal with all of the kids of that are dealing with the same things. And, you know, when everything it's, it's just, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, I couldn't say no when I was asked to be on it. Of course. Well, I mean, working with the Blue Family Tree and working with families of fallen police officers in the line of duty, I can tell you that those families quickly fall away from the Blue Family, not by their choice. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes it's by their choice, but mostly it's just because there's no longer that connection. The one piece that kept them engaged with the Blue Family has passed away. And so after time, uh, usually after 12 months, uh, it becomes a sharp drop off of their connection. And so I can only imagine again, how we kind of shuffle it under the carpet, even still today in 2021, how uh, ostracized those families of police suicide must feel to everything that they knew yesterday uh, is now gone because uh, that piece is, that piece has been removed and that piece is removed in, in what could potentially be seen as a, a shameful way or a way that people want to sweep away and forget about. Well, I'll tell you what, I want you to tell my audience how they can get uh, more involved with Caps for Cops. Your, uh, let me know your website how and how a national audience can get involved with Caps for Cops, what, what they can do. Uh, I want you to tell us uh, more about, a little bit about, we haven't talked about yet, hashtag be the change in your social media platform. And then I want you to... Um, Tell us uh, how they can get a hold of uh, and be involved in Call for Backup and uh, SBS. So uh, take us out the next few minutes talking about uh, all those organizations that you're a part of, which is amazing. Folks, family, listen, here's one guy who's a part of a multitude of, uh, of police partnerships and police nonprofits to support police. I'm just going to ask you to reflect inside. What are you doing? How many organizations are you a part of? Because Farva VT up there in Vermont is killing it. And I'm going to give an opportunity to make sure that you can get engaged with any of those or with the blue family tree uh, before the end of this podcast. So uh, Jason, tell us about how people can get involved with caps for cops. I'm trying to be pretty modest here, but I know you are, but you're amazing. You're making me sound like I'm some kind of superhero or something. (laughs) Um, They can look us up on Facebook. We're at, at caps the number four and cops we're on instagram which is caps 
F-O-R, cops. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're on, um, you know, we're all over the place. Our, our, um, our website is www.caps4cops.org. We have several different outlets that our mission is. One of our missions is, is we give officers awards for going beyond the badge. Uh, we plan on, uh, we've had several officers nominated, so we're planning on uh, trying to award those officers this year. Another thing that we have is we have one that's called uh, Be The Change. So it'll be hashtag Be The Change. So every month what we do is we try to showcase one group or individual that is being the change that America needs to recognize and, you know, may just realize that, hey, this is the kind of change that, you know, we should all kind of look up to and try to live to. And so every month we pick somebody and uh, we try to give them some world famous blue line roasting coffee, as well as a caps for cops coffee cup. Um, this month we picked you. Patrick to be yeah. our and I can't wait to try my coffee I'm gonna love it <laughs> we, we picked you to and the blue family tree to be our be the change and I posted a video and I shared it all over the place it's gotten uh, probably like a thousand views so far so it, it's going pretty good um, family yeah. make sure you watch that video through to the end you'll see a t-shirt it's an amazing t-shirt it's a conglomerate of all these different uh, organizations that we partner with caps for cops partners with uh, and the T-shirt itself is made by uh, a uh, by I believe it's Defend the Line. Um, so everything in there is law enforcement. So we do that. So every month we pick somebody uh, and we do um, you know be the change. Like um, one month we picked Ricky Schroeder. We picked him because he he donated money to the um, the the two officers that were shot over in California. They were ambushed, so he donated money for them, and he also donated money for the reward to get the shooter. Very nice. So that's why we we picked him, and you know we we picked we picked the uh, the sheriff that is up in Flint, Michigan, the one that turned his protest into a parade in Genesee County. We picked him, mm-hmm. Chris Chris Swanson, and uh, you know we shipped him up some coffee. Um, so that's our thing that we're doing. So once a month, we pick one of theirs. We're also doing another one that um, in um, next month will be our first one. Every month, we're going to give out an eight by 11 wooden American flag to somebody that we pick that's going to be our hashtag, you know, um, American honor or American kindness. We haven't figured out the name of it yet, but we're picking like one person that we think has the American values that we're, we, you know, we, we figure that we're going to pick just, just something to, you know, to give out. So we're, we're doing that. We also do a thank an officer. So if you look on our page, you'll see we meet up with an officer. We'll, we'll give them a, we'll give them a challenge coin. You know, that we partner, sometimes we partner with other nonprofits like um, Protecting the Blue. They give us a couple of coins. We hand those out for them and we give them like Dunkin' Donut cards or, or like coffee cards. So we come up to an officer. Hey, hey, thank you for your service, man. Here's a coin and here's a coffee card. And we snapshot their picture. And, you know, that doesn't sound like much, but 
you know, I came up onto an officer and he was really having a bad day and he didn't know I was a cop. And I just walked up to him. I said, Hey man, how's it going? I just want to, just want to talk to you for a minute. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, what's going on? I'm like, I just want to thank you for everything that you do and for leaving your family behind to go out and protect other family members and, you know, other people's families. And, you know, for every day, putting on a Kevlar, grabbing a gun and a badge and going out and doing your thing. And just to say, thank you. Here's a challenge coin. And here's a coffee card. So uh, I just want to say thanks. And uh, here, let me get your picture quick. And all of a sudden, he was just like all smiles. He couldn't believe yeah. it. He, he thought I was walking over there to complain to him. Yeah. So we, It'll change just, your day, change your shift. It's it just his whole outlook just, you know, went from, you know, zero to 100. And just it, you know, by one simple, nice thing. I would challenge my audience, too. If you're if you're you receive a quick thank you while you're eating lunch to not be annoyed. Don't, don't be like, ah, oh, you're bothering my lunch and you know, a quick, a quick snappy thank you. And right back to, you know, your discussion with your shift partners, actually embrace that, enjoy it because uh, that's huge. And, and if you're at a point where you're so fed up with your community that you don't take the opportunity to recognize that it took some courage for somebody that like, just like Jason said, how many of you see a police officer off duty and go over and say, thank you to them. I'm, going to guess many of you don't. And uh, it's because it takes some courage. It's kind of embarrassing. Maybe it, uh, it makes you feel kind of funny to go talk to somebody like that. Well, it's the same way for these people that are building up the courage and the, uh, and the energy to come over and tell you, thank you. And so if, if their appreciation for you outweighs that uncomfortableness, uh, you need to, you know, respect that and understand that. And, and I think it's incredible that caps for cops is basically uh, giving out recognition, giving out appreciation uh, and gratitude in a time that we need it more than anything else. Yeah. So I have, um, I'm trying to get a shipment of coins in now, but you know, once I get them in, I, I grab certain people here and there and, you know, I'll send them out five, six here and five or six there, you know, and then they snapshot pictures and whatnot. So um we have them coming in all over, but it's, it's just, you know, it's something that's needed. And, you know, and I try to do it every Friday, you know, post one and then share it. And, you know, it's slowly starting to catch on, but you know, it, it's just something that's, I want something that's out there that there's a picture of a police officer that's doing his job. That's, that's kind of happy. That's, that's out there. That's, you know, serving his community and the people and the public can look at that photo on a nice way. I really, really, really get down and depressed where, you know, you start thumbing through Facebook or thumbing through everything else and you see nothing but photos of line of duty deaths, mm-hmm. line of duty officers. Just, it, it, it just, it just really builds up after a while. And, and I really want to flood Facebook with just nothing but positive stories about people in law enforcement instead of all of this negative 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 cancel culture negative 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 anti-police rhetoric well i couldn't think of a better person to bring in on an episode where we're talking about family and the effort that it takes to to create a family um how about call for backup all right so call for backup is a nonprofit 5013 uh, you know, 501c3. They're out of Michigan. Um, it's a subshoot of um, 
it's a subshoot of humanizing the badge. You guys can reach them. It'll be triple W call the number uh, call F O R backup.org is their webpage. Um, you can check them out on Facebook. They're amazing people too. Um, just, just, you can talk to them about classes. You can look on their page. They always have a listing of training that's available. Online training is like where it's been at. Um, the past couple of times he has had training that is available. Like you can take the actual class on a donation. So the, the whole thing was, and they posted it, they go, we don't care if you even donate a dollar, you can come in and take this class. I mean, that that's huge. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, well, uh, also family, just so you're aware on the bluefamilytree.org, at our website, we have a page where we put up partner organizations and we will be sure to put up, we already have caps for cops there. We'll be sure to put up call for backup. Uh, so you'll be able to go to that page and click on their icon and go straight to their page. So if you uh, uh, forgot to write down or didn't weren't paying close enough attention uh, to what Jason gave for uh, internet links, you can just go to the bluefamilytree.org, pick it up off our partner organization page and go from there. We try to make things as accessible as possible. Jason, I really appreciate your time today, brother. Uh, thanks for everything that you do for the law enforcement community. And uh, you stay safe out there in Vermont, okay? All right, man, no problem. You too. All right. What a great example of how to be a part of the family and how to interact with your family in a meaningful and uh, conscious way. That's what we all need to do is just take that conscious approach to being a part of this family. Uh, and I don't care who it's with, uh, or if it's with anybody that's been talked about today, or if you start your own thing, or if it's just something you do uh, on your own locally, just to just to do what you can, but plug yourself in somewhere uh, to this family more than just more than just saying we're family. So we'll be sure and put up. Uh, let's see, call for backup on our uh, webpage. We already have Caps for Cops. We'll get Humanizing the Badge up there, Surviving Blue Suicides. Uh, we'll make sure we get Blue Line Coffee and Defend the Line uh, up there. I think we might have Defend the Line up there already. Uh, we have quite a few in there. Uh, protecting the Blue. I think those are all the ones that we discussed today. We'll get them all, make sure they're all on our website. And we're going to start, family, a, uh, a new page. So Blue Line Coffee and Defend the Line will probably go on the new page. Uh, so the, the page that, uh, we're talking about putting these on right now is our partner organization page, which is for nonprofits and, uh, groups like that, that we partner with, um, while we partner with defend the line and blue line coffee, we're going to start a page that's businesses that we can cater, uh, that, um, support law enforcement. So if you're interested in moving away from some of the, uh, organizations out there that support other things other than law enforcement. Uh, I'm not calling for boycotts, but just saying that there's opportunities to patronize other businesses. So we'll start getting some things up like the Blue Line Shave Club, uh, just right off the top of my head, and there's there's a handful of others. And if you know of a, a great uh, police-owned business or a business that supports police, uh, you can email us at applications at thebluefamilytree.org. Uh, you can find that email on our website as well. And just email us with uh, businesses that support law enforcement or that are ran by law enforcement, and we will be sure and include them on that page as well. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Blue Family Tree Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes. You can listen to us on iTunes Podcast or at our website, thebluefamilytree.org. You can also find us on Facebook. Remember, our primary mission is to provide families of fallen peace officers with a financial gift made up collectively from law enforcement families and close law enforcement supporters around the country through small monthly donations. Learn how you can contribute to our collective gift at thebluefamilytree.org. Until next time, stay safe. You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast.